Thanks for being here. I'm Ludo. And I'm Marge. And this is Speak It Out, a podcast by Shrink It Out. Here, we tell your stories and share our thoughts and encourage debate on psychological and social well-being. Hey, everyone, and welcome back on Speak It Out. I am Ludovica, and today I'm here with two guests, Filippo and Caterina. Um, we will be talking about asexuality and... Yeah, I don't want to give things away too soon because I think we'll have an interesting discussion. I'll leave the words to one of the two of you, maybe Katerina, if you want to say, who are you, what do you do, or anything you want to say, whether you want to share. Uh, first of all, thanks uh, Ludovica for having us and for deciding to talk about the sexuality. Uh, I'm Katerina. Uh, I recently graduated in uh, clinical psychosexology and now I'm doing an internship with uh, uh, Filippo Nimbi, uh, where I, um, uh, I do research about asexuality. And I also have um, a project on social media uh, where I talk about uh, asexuality. Nice. Interesting. What is it called? Uh, La versione migliore. It's in Italian. Okay. La underscore versione underscore migliore. Okay, nice. For the listeners, it's the best version uh, translated, but it's really interesting. I will look into it. Thank you. And hi, Filippo. Hi, Ludovica. So uh, thank you so much for having us. As Katerina said, I'm just a researcher and a, and a psychologist that is a lot into sexology in, on different aspects. And in the last years, we, we have devoted a lot of attention attention to the uh, to the topic of asexuality and but not only about sexuality as you know the uh, uh, this term what does it mean and so on but also about the experience of people uh, also from a minority stress point of view very interesting i genuinely think that it's something that we should really talk about especially on a platform like shrink it out personally yeah it's not something that i have that I know too much about and that I have um, heard too much about either until I started my psychosexology course this year. And as soon as I started it, I was like, okay, there is a whole world behind this. Um, and so I thought that digging deeper would be a, a nice way to start um, looking at it. I think the first main thing that I've also noticed in my classes and in conversations with other people is always the issue of defining what asexuality is i will leave you the word because i am not the researcher i always start but i give the the, the work to to katerina very soon just because the the, the I, I agree with you we have to start with a definition because we we our mind function for uh for definitions so we 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 need some you know clear um criteria in order to understand what we are talking about but when it comes to sexual expressions is a mess because mm -hmm. uh, we try to to use simple words to define entire universes different universes so uh, basically uh, we define a sexuality as a, a spectrum of experiences uh, in which people uh, do not or rarely experience sexual attraction to others but again it's a, an umbrella term so we we have inside this a sexual uh, umbrella a, a lot of different way to define them, themselves and um, there is a huge discussion about 
defining asexuality as a uh, new kind of new, let me say, uh, I'm, I'm joking, but uh, sexual orientation or uh, it's something else. Uh, and I don't like basically this kind of discussion because I think it's a, a kind of never-ending story we have heard with all the uh, sexual minorities and the general in general with the LGBTQI plus uh, community. So it's like I don't like too much to 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 try to define what asexuality is, but of course we need some some definition to, to work. So, Katerina, please uh, <laughs> go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the most uh, generally agreed upon definition of asexuality is uh, uh, sexual orientation characterized by a lack of sexual attraction uh, towards any gender. Uh, I recently heard another definition by uh, Sharonda Brown, who is an asexual uh, writer and activist. They defined asexuality as a atypical relation with, with, sexu with sexuality. But this is a kind of a, a new definition. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not really uh, agreed upon by the, the asexual community. As, uh, as Filippo said, uh, asexuality is a, um, is a spectrum. It's not an all-or-nothing all situation. It comes in many shades and nuances. Two other terms of the asexual spectrum are demisexual and uh, gray asexual. Uh, demisexual people are people who only feel sexual attraction uh, once they have uh, established a deep bond with someone. Uh, while uh, grey sexual people are people who very rarely uh, feel sexual attraction. Also, all of these shades, which I'm sure there are so many more that we probably can't even um, count. But yeah, I always struggle to um, decide how much to use these terms and how much to categorize. I was having a, a conversation with a friend. We were discussing like... Obviously, it was always like the double sword of like categorizing things and defining them because on one hand, it's good because it allows people to give a sense of belongingness and realize that, you know, they might be part of something and they feel that way and the relatedness of an experience. But at the same time, also encapsulate something that, like Filippo says, is a complex universe so that you can't really put into words. And at the same time, yeah, I think like a lot of conversations that I've had which I think also reflects sort of the research behind it is something that is called an orientation. Mm -hmm. I think directly leads people to think that there is an that someone is oriented towards something outside of themselves, which is why the second point that I wanted to discuss was the differentiation between asexuality and a desire disorder. Because in our heads, the word orientation might be a little bit misleading, but at the same time, it's not because it is a, like genuinely a sexual orientation. So yeah, I wanted to think about, uh, I wanted to ask whether you have also had this like thoughts or just anything in general that you wanted to, to comment about this. Yeah, th this point I think it's it's, it's central because the, 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 the never ending story that I was talking about is about if we are talking of uh, a problem or we are talking about uh, an experience of people. So when we talk about sexual orientation now, I hope it's it, it's uh, everyone agrees that we are yeah. talking about a natural expression of every of everybody. So 
uh, while uh, if we are talking about a disorder or a problem, we are talking about something that can be solved or something that people may suffer from. Mm -hmm. So mm, here, the, the main point is actually that asexuality is a, uh, an expression of our sexual possible sec uh, sexual expressions uh, or sexual identity and doesn't have anything to do with uh, a disorder mm -hmm. actually the, the disorder usually comes from uh, several problems that may be like several symptoms that may be uh, regarded to have no couple issues rather than uh, individual uh, situations and usually the person has the feeling that he she or they are not working as as before so like the idea that there is something broken so they ask for help because they want to be healthy again this is something that in general on a, a sexual person that is in line with his her or their uh, identity doesn't feel we have another problem that is about, let me call it a sexual phobia, that is similar to homophobia, transphobia, biphobia. So the, the, the internalized sense that is there is something broken, there is something yeah. wrong with, with our identities, but this is something else. Okay, So basically, we are talking about something that uh, creates a problem and something that is just an expression of the person. Definitely. And I think it's also important to differentiate between attraction and desire mm -hmm. uh, because uh, desire disorder is about libido. Many researchers actually, but the research I did for my, uh, for my thesis shows that uh, most asexual people actually do have sexual desire. How can we explain the difference? Uh, desire is basically uh, the feeling of being horny. Right. Yeah. While attraction yeah. is the same feeling, but uh, directed towards uh, someone else. Yeah, I think you encapsulated everything in just a few words. And that point is definitely crucial. And now I have two different questions, but I think <laughs> they might be a little bit unrelated. Um, I think connected to, to this, what you just said, Katerina, is today we had a really interesting conversation in class because we were talking about um, sexual fantasies. In the presentation that the professor gave us, it said also as uh, asexual people experience uh, sexual fantasies. And then someone in the classroom was like, oh, but what definition of asexuality did they use in the study? Because technically that goes against the definition of it. And I was wondering whether, again, I really know very little about it. So I guess it's kind of a silly question because it might just be a subjective experience. But if there is some sort of um, connection to what you just said about the difference between attraction and desire with also sexual fantasies, like if it's an occurrence. Uh, yeah, my my research was actually about uh, sexual desire uh, in, uh, in the asexual spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we actually found out that the different orientation in the asexual uh, spectrum are, are, um, are quite different in the themes uh, uh, they fantasize about. Mm -hmm. For example, demisexual people tend to fantasize about couple and romantic scenarios, uh, while asexual people have fantasies uh, who do not involve themselves. In research, it is called autochorist sexuality, which is a complicated term, but it's basically a sexuality that is directed toward the oneself. Uh, that's actually pretty interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, the other question, it was more directed to what Filippo was saying, 
um, about the person being distressed about it or feeling like it's something part of their identity or not. I feel like a lot of the times it's very hard to draw the line between a distress that is clinical or pathological or actually stems from a disorder or an issue and a distress that is simply caused by um, lack of knowledge or education or stigma coming from one's environment or even from oneself. So what are ways that can help the individual to distinguish like, okay, I'm stressed because, but it, but it has nothing to do with me and there's nothing wrong with me or, you know, maybe I should seek help. Uh, that's a very good question. That if, if I have to answer sim in, in a simple way, a distress is always a distress. So no matter which kind of, which is the font, where does it come from? We need to understand and to accept our distress. And if we want, we can always ask for help. It's not a shame to ask for help. We, we don't need to have a traumatic experience or a symptom in order to, to, to ask for help. Of course, what I usually try to explain to people that the, the distress can come from different ways. As you as you were saying, can come from the inside, so from my feelings, from my my thoughts, my cognitions, my my beliefs of what is normal, what should be, and what I want, but also can come from from outside, so from what I learned from my family, from the society, from the cultural setting where I where mm -hmm. I'm living, for example. So of course, if I feel that my my experience, what what I feel, it's okay, there is nothing wrong with that. But I'm living in a context in which everybody tells me that it is nor to be normal. You have to feel sexual desire towards a partner you have to get married you have to have children you can feel a lot of stress and it's not a stress that comes from the inside because maybe in another situation you will be yeah. perfectly okay with yourself but you are stressed by the uh, context that requires you to have sex and so on mm -hmm. and this is yeah. the same for everybody so it's the same also for i don't know for for a uh, woman that is uh, in her uh, 35 or 40s uh, doesn't want to or doesn't feel the desire in this moment to have a child yeah no i definitely agree it's like realizing if we are distressed because we are trying to follow a script that doesn't align with our inner with our feeling yeah or our feelings yeah definitely i think this connects quite well to a moment of coming out as asexual. I could say from, from the research, then I would like to know also what Katerina thinks about yeah. it. We don't have data about the coming out experience of asexual people, or not so much compared mm -hmm. to coming out in other sexual identities, for example. So already, for example, for a gay man or a lesbian person, woman coming out as gay or lesbian it's uh it can be difficult it can be like the, the ending the final step of a process but they they may find some support from the the community for example the lgbt plus community and also i think at least in italy but in many countries the the situation the attitudes toward uh, gay or lesbian people it's improving a lot so uh, mm -hmm. We are seeing a lot of positive coming out also inside the families. When it comes to asexuality, my idea is that we have, as I said, a double level of stigma because also the LGBT plus community sometimes is not supportive mm -hmm. towards uh, asexual people. 
and also uh, many people do not know about asexuality so even if i want to do a coming out as an asexual person i may find some resistance because the, the, my friends my family my relatives uh, do not know what i'm talking about and maybe uh, it's even stranger for them to try to understand uh, that i don't feel attraction or, or something like that yeah almost as if it felt unnatural katerina what do you what do you think about it also about this double stigma uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the main problems uh, sexual people face is a lack of support uh, when they came out. And first of all, you you have to explain what asexuality is, because if I have to come out uh, as a lesbian, for example, most uh, most people will know what mm-hmm. that means. But uh, you have to explain what asexuality is. Odds are they will answer something like oh, you just have to find the right person, it's just a phase, or maybe you should go to a doctor, you should check your hormones. And so uh, you have uh, the pressure to to answer to these stereotypes. Another difficulty is even uh, before coming out, many people are asexual, but they don't have access to information about asexuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a lack of information, of representation, and so uh, people will notice they have um, a different relation with sexuality than their peers, but they don't have the words uh, to express it. Uh, now the situation is a little better because uh, there are a lot of people talking about it on social media, mm-hmm. uh, but there are a lot of uh, people who are like uh, 40, 50, and uh, for all of their life, they have feel different, but they didn't know what was different about them. I definitely see it. Like, it's just crazy how much there is a lack of, of knowledge about these things. And I actually wasn't aware of this double stigma as well as in the LGBTQ plus community. And I think like the fact of, like you said, Katarina, like saying like, oh, go to the doctor and checking your hormones again, we fall in back into that trap of like thinking that it's there's desire or there's something physiological that like doesn't work correctly. And I really hope that as we've seen with like homosexuality, process of education, it will be like up and running. We lack of sex education in general. So um, we, more than sex education, we lack of sexual awareness about the possible experiences and what is normal and what is not normal mm-hmm. or abnormal. Uh, and I mean, uh, that we, we should at least give more speech to different way to experience our our sexuality and our feelings towards the others. As we did at the beginning, we need to understand the difference between attraction and sexual desire. We need to understand the fact that a person may have sexual fantasies or also sexual relationship and still being a sexual. We should be aware that people that are in a relationship uh, may be asexual and vice versa. People that are asexual may want to be involved in a, in a relationship. I think we, we need the basis, the space to talk about the basis, but I, I'm extremely optimistic about it because I saw, I'm doing this job since the, more than 10 years now, and I saw a, a revolution. I saw different, uh, like new generation are really more uh, aware, but also more curious about these topics.
mm-hmm. more normalization of this kind of information is important to have us try it is important to be curious about it yeah definitely uh yeah i think uh we are uh, way behind on uh, sexual representation for example in uh, tv shows books movies and so on and uh, this is one of the main ways in which we can uh, make contact with people who are not uh, so interested in uh, sexology blah 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 this is an aspect that needs to improve because, uh, for example, I know about uh, people who heard about sexuality for the first time in an um, episode of the show Sex Education, but like they only talk about sexuality for one episode for five minutes. So there is a lot of um, need for this kind of representation. Um, I honestly have never seen any representation of asexual characters or anything in in movies so far. A famous one is Todd in Bojack Horseman. I never watched it, but I I know about it because it's famous in the asexual community. I had a question in mind that it's very like socially oriented. And I think it's a little bit tricky maybe as a question, but... I feel like at least in the more like younger community in my circle, let's say, like in my bubble, there has obviously been like a big increase of like all the terms that we're using and the categorizations and like trying to figure out a name for everything. I'm wondering whether this like can slash will help to value more experiences of, in this case, asexual people or if it will instead disregard their experiences more? Because categorization is a very tricky thing. Like For me, yes, and I totally agree with you, Ludovica, because we need to be aware that we need these categories. These categories are helpful to be sure that we are talking about the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Also for research. Yeah, also research, but in any in any field, like also for 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 our our minds, our minds works with categories. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we need categories, and having more categories can be difficult from one side, but on the other side is is extremely helpful. But at the same time, we we don't have just cognitive categories. We we also work with emotions, mm-hmm. and emotions are not so easy to label. My perception is that we need the categories, but we need also to to be wise when we use the categories in order to not just simplify too much the experience of the people. No, I, I definitely agree. It's just it's very tricky because I still feel like when it comes to something like orientation or gender identity or sex, just in general, people are still very like unidimensional in the way that they see things. And it's something so ingrained in like who we are and that has to do so much with our identity that we sort of like feel attacked almost to to be exposed to so many possibilities you know it's almost it's it's scary and like i think lgbt people have always used uh, labels and categorization it's i wouldn't call it really a, a new phenomenon for example think about uh, the gay community there are so many words uh, mm-hmm. uh, bear twink uh, top bottom and so on but they also have uh, an historical importance mm-hmm. 
but somehow when we talk about categories in the asexual spectrum uh, people are like oh so many new words it's so confusing yeah they are they are more recent words uh, they feel weird but they are not just that they are new phenomenon not, not new phenomenon but new uh, definitions yeah new to the to the to the discourse so many people don't really know them and so they are a bit uh, they have a bit of hostility towards these words so it's also possible that it's more like perhaps a matter of time like culturally and historically and that maybe in a decade or two we'll be seeing the same thing hopefully with asexuality as maybe people are seeing it with homosexuality Now that we've just looked a little bit at the comparison between um, homosexuality and asexuality, the my next question probably sounds a little bit silly, but I do think it's still um, interesting also for the listeners. So it was going to be on how to approach a relationship, whether romantic or not, with an asexual partner. Um, what, like, I guess the position both of the asexual partner and of the other partner How to any I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it, I, I think no, no, I think there is no 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 difference uh, in the creation of of a relationship. The mm -hmm. difference is, is in the expectancies. So some mm -hmm. uh, asexual people are afraid of how to to deal with the sexual uh, matters, like uh, how to to find a compromise between the relationship. Um, For other, for the for the other person, the non-sexual person, uh, the difficult part is how to can be again the expenses about how to deal with sexual uh, feelings that I may have towards a person that is asexual. Communication is the key. But mm, I, I would like to to also to know the the the, the opinion of Caterina yeah. about this. Yeah, uh, first of all, I'd say uh, don't take for granted that the sexual people uh, doesn't want any kind of sex at all. We are all different. We all have a different uh, relationship with uh, sexuality. And I also want to point out that even in a relationship where there is no asexual partner, you can know for sure that you are sexually compatible, uh, that you like the same things, that you want the same uh, sexual frequency and so on. Uh, so as we said before, uh, communication is very, very important. Uh, but uh, all the same, I think there is the expectancy that in a uh, romantic relationship, uh, sexuality is kind of part of the deal, you know? Uh, and this is why many asexual people are very, very vulnerable to uh, sexual violence, uh, especially in uh, in couple, in relationships. I think data from the asexual uh, census show that uh, half of the asexual people who participated have experienced some sort of sexual violence. Many, many of these cases of sexual violence uh, are perpetrated by a partner. As everything is normal as if it would be in any other uh, couple or uh, relationship and it's more about managing the expectation and the assumption that we have that the other person will want to have sex or will want to live their sexuality in a certain way regarding the points about violence is that in a way like due to the other partner like you said thinking that it's something that is part of the deal and so there is a sort of like 
a guilt tripping induced in the other person that they should like be feeling desire towards them or desire in general. And then of course that is, you know, experiences of violence. Yeah, especially in romantic relationship, there is the misconception that uh, if you really, really love someone, uh, you should want to have sex with them. This is kind of a, a slippery slope, you know, because yeah. you don't want to feel your partner feel uh, uh, less loved, but you also don't want to have sex with them. You don't. I mean, it's that's basically coercion. We we sort of went through all the points that we had jotted down, and I wanted to ask if there was anything that, in general, you wanted to add or that you wanted to share with the listeners that you think is very important for them to to hear or to know. A kind of take home message from my side is just to try to be curious about the different uh, expression of <laughs> of life, I would say, and not give for granted that we, we all give the same uh, importance to to our experiences. So, uh, and sometimes the key is just the communication. Be able to listen to the others because it's not true that we don't communicate. It, it, it's more true that we are not able to listen to the others. And there are a lot of people that are going to try to raise their voice to just say, hey, we exist. We are here. So that's my main point, I think. Thank point. you. That was very nice. And Katerina, do you have a, a take-home message? Yeah, or take- I guess I wanted to say that uh, regardless of sexual orientation, uh, we would all benefit in reflecting on uh, how we think about sex, on how we think uh, sex should be. How sex is linked to, for example, concepts like adulthood, wellness, love and relationship. I think we all have a uh, um, deep work to do in deconstructing these ideals and we can all benefit from it, uh, even if we are not asexual. Definitely, and- 100%. I want to thank you so much, both of you, for joining us here on Speak It Out. I feel like I have learned many things from this conversation. So thank you. And I hope that the listeners will too. Thank you again so much for joining and sharing your thoughts and your knowledge and your kind words with us. Thank you so much, Ludovica, for inviting us. Really, it's it's a pleasure to, to share it this uh this knowledge but also to share our, uh, this experience and mm-hmm. thank you for the for the questions you you have made and the spice you have gave to us thank you thank you so much caterina and filippo and thank you to all the listeners see you next time at the next episode of speak it out